Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're talking about the constitutionality of oil spill liability taxes on exports. And so we're going to be diving into a lot of different aspects of this conversation. And joining me here today is Imelda Santistevan. She is the director of Motor Fuels and Excise Tax Services. Imelda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And we're also thrilled to be joined today by Leanne Sobel. She's also a director of Motor Fuels and Excise Tax Services. Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Well, we are thrilled to have both of you on here to get your insights here on the podcast today. So let's start off just for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about your background, specifically your expertise in motor fuels taxation. So Leanne, kick us off and tell us just a little bit more about you. I am a I'm an attorney actually with uh, 15 years of experience in the motor fuels arena. I've been a practicing attorney for the majority of that time until I joined Weaver as a director. My main focus of expertise is in consulting on excise and other related indirect taxes that affect the fuel and petroleum industry. I'm also some trade and customs and international trade issues surrounding that industry. Excellent stuff. And uh, Imelda, follow that up. Tell us a little bit more about your background as well. Sure. So I have 21 years of experience in the motor fuel excise tax arena. And most of my experience has been in the midstream downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Prior to joining Weaver last year, I worked for a Fortune 500 petroleum refinery company where I managed tax matters and compliance reporting for multiple refineries, fuel terminals and pipelines. And Tyler, I really enjoy working in the fuel tax space, so I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Absolutely. I am as well. And I, I know that you both uh, have so much knowledge on this particular topic. And so let's go ahead and dive into that topic here today. So oil spill liability tax heavily impacts businesses within the oil and gas industry, obviously. So what are some of the main areas that are being taxed? Leanne, can you start us off with that? Sure. There's four main areas under the statute that get taxed under the oil spill liability tax. It's a per barrel tax on oil and petroleum products. And it is imposed on crude oil when it is imported into the United States, petroleum products when those are imported into the United States. And that term petroleum products is undefined. So it's a very, very broad range of products. It also gets imposed on domestic crude oil when it is received at a refinery in the United States. And lastly, there's a provision in the statute to impose the oil spill tax on crude oil that is exported from the United States if it was not previously taxed. Imelda, let's follow up on that, that final point there. How, how do you know if crude oil was not previously taxed? How, how is that information tracked? Well, that's a great question. As you know, a tax is imposed on, as Leanne mentioned, on domestic crude oil when it's received at a U.S. refinery or it's exported from the U.S. before it's received at a U.S. refinery. So we have to bear in mind that tax is imposed only once on any petroleum product. So it's essential that the operator of a U.S. refinery receiving crude oil maintains a good accounting system to substantiate the petroleum oil spill tax has already been imposed and not pay the oil spill tax again. So companies 
should have an inventory supply report, some way of tracking the production, the imports and exports, and any inventory movements. So these reports are going to assist in tracking the tax paid versus any untaxed petroleum products. So it would be essential in tracking the oil spill tax. There's been a recent buzz around constitutional changes and challenges to the federal oil spill liability tax. And so the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals recently upheld a decision that found the federal oil spill tax unconstitutional when imposed on exports of crude oil from the United States. Leanne, can you kick us off and tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. This is something I've been tracking for a while. As we've talked about, the oil spill tax on exports has been in the statute for for years since since it was enacted. It's never been much of an issue because prior to 2016, there were very strict controls on exports of crude oil from the United States. You needed a license and they were primarily only granted with respect to exports to Canada. And even then it was somewhat unusual. When the export ban was lifted by the Obama administration, companies had the opportunity to start exporting crude oil, not just to Canada, but to other countries across the world. And this led to a sudden uptick in the oil spill tax being imposed on exports of crude oil. So a taxpayer challenged the imposition of the oil spill tax on the basis that imposing it on exports violates the export clause of the U.S. Constitution. The taxpayer relied on a Supreme Court decision and what's known as the U.S. Shoe Corporation case. That was a similar case relating to the harbor maintenance tax, which is a customs fee. And the Supreme Court in that case determined that imposing that fee on exports of merchandise from the United States violated the export clause. In the current case with the oil spill tax, both the district court and the appeals court applied the test from U.S. Shoe Corporation, which had been established many years earlier in another case called Pace versus Burgess, and determined that the oil spill tax is not what is known as a legitimate user fee. In other words, it violates the export clause of the Constitution. So where we stand now is that we've got two courts, district court and appeals court, who have both determined that it's unconstitutional. We're now in a 90-day period during which time the government has the option to file a petition to the Supreme Court to have the Supreme Court hear the case. With regards to all of our taxpayers and industry participants, we're at a point where they might want to consider if the case stands as it is, what does that mean for tax that they've already paid um, into the Treasury for exports of crude oil? So that's that's obviously the legal side and, and the legal information on this. But Emilda, what are the bottom line implications for oil exporters? And are they entitled to any type of refund from your perspective? Well, I think that's the million dollar question, right? So, you know, refunds will have to be claimed now and will have to wait to be processed until the court makes a decision, really. The oil exporters should pay the oil spill tax to avoid any possible penalties and, and follow protective claims for a refund for the amount of the taxes paid. So really right now, it's, it's, it's really up to the courts, but I, I would encourage that any, any protective claims be filed now uh, because we don't know which way it's going to go. Well, as we begin to wrap up this, this conversation, it's a really interesting topic and something to continue to follow, absolutely. So, Leanne, what do you hope people walk away with following this conversation? What, what do you hope that they, they understand now after listening to this podcast and hearing what you have to say? 
Um, I hope that any industry participants who have not been aware of the current court cases challenging the constitutionality of the oil spill tax um, have some more awareness and that they look back at what at their activity and what they've paid and, and the timing on that. There are statutes of limitations to bear in mind with respect to the types of refunds that Amiota was talking about. And the taxpayers consider um, whether they may have an opportunity for a refund and how what assistance they may need in order to obtain that. Imelda, uh, final thoughts? You know, we're here to, you know, we're here to assist. You know, Leanne and I have been involved in the fuel tax arena for quite some time. So we're here to support our clients, anyone who needs assistance in filing these protective claims. Uh, we're happy to help out. So reach out to us. That's a, that's a great point. What, what's the best way for people to reach out to get in touch if they have questions or want to learn more information? They can go to weaver.com and Leanne and I are both listed there and reach out to us on LinkedIn as well. We have our information posted out there. Great, great stuff. Uh, it's been a pleasure learning about this topic from both of you and getting a little bit more expertise. Emilda Santistevan and Leanne Sobel, thank you both so much for joining us here on the podcast and sharing a little bit more of your insights here on this particular topic, a topic that uh, that surely has a lot more uh, information to come. And so thank you both so much for, for joining us here today. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. Of course, for more, like you heard, go to weaver.com for more information. If you want to reach out to either of our experts here today, make sure to reach out there on the website and get in touch if you want to ask questions or, or need more information. You can do that there. And of course, you should stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the podcast. For more, you can subscribe to Weaver Beyond the Numbers on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or you can, of course, visit weaver.com for more. But until next time, for my guest today, I've been your host. Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.